success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. And we have another invincible guest for you today. But before we introduce her, I just want to give a shout out to Leslie's Week for our Stage for Change conference. We just had it last month in September, and I want to announce the new date. There has been a date change, so disregard the previous announcements, but the new date is September 15th, 2022 at the Legacy Castle in Pompton Plains, New Jersey, and you don't want to miss it. You can get your tickets at leslie'sweek.org. It's L-E-S-L-I-E-S week.org, and you want to get your ticket for the stage for change for 2022, which is on September 15th. And now to introduce you to our most invincible guest, we have with us today, Dr. Samantha Willis. She's a recent PharmD graduate, currently completing a pharmacy fellowship in global oncology medical affairs. So it's no surprise that you would understand why we would wanna bring Dr. Samantha Willis here with us today as we are honoring and um, raising awareness for breast cancer this month. So, so excited to have you. Samantha, welcome to the She's Invincible podcast. Thank you for the amazing work that you're doing in this world to make a difference to the people that are diagnosed with cancer. Welcome, please, please introduce yourself by telling us how in the world did you get where you are today? And what makes you invincible? It's been a long journey for me. So I started with an undergrad degree in communications. So I went to Rowan University. Um, after completing my communications degree, I decided to go into PR for a sports team. So I worked for the New York Jets uh, for two years. And then during my last semester of school, I worked at CVS Pharmacy. Um, and that's kind of where I decided that I wanted to change career paths, just the interaction with patients in the pharmacy and kind of just learning all about the drugs was really where my interest peaked. Um, so I decided to apply for pharmacy school. That was in 2017. So I completed four years at Fairleigh Dickinson to get my doctorate in pharmacy. Um, and I continue to work at CVS for the past, it's been eight years now. Um, but kind of as I've gone through, I realized that retail really wasn't for me. I needed something that was going to be more fulfilling. So I've worked at a couple of drug companies over the past few years um, in different positions. 
I worked at on a patient assistance program team for one of them, um, just providing free drugs for patients for about two years. So that was just nice to kind of see the give back to the community in that sense, working with them. I think a lot of people, when you look at drug companies, you kind of look at them negatively. So it was nice to be on the side of, of giving back and seeing how we do provide drugs for people that need it, if they can't afford it, people that are going through chronic illnesses or even cancer um, and just giving back in that sense. Um, I also did research in pancreatic cancer for a couple months at a different company. So just seeing kind of how quickly everyone's working to see how we can extend these patients' lives um, and what we can do to make their quality of life better. It's just a really great experience. Um, that's kind of where my interest in oncology peaked. Um, I just want to be able to help people. I think that's kind of where I see me going in the future. How can I make a difference in anyone's life, whether it's learning a lot. Um, it was great to just be able to, to be at stage for change and kind of see the patients that are going through cancer, kind of where everything ties together with um, I'm doing the work, but who is it benefiting? So that's kind of a, a brief summary of kind of where I've been over the, the past couple of years. <laughs> I love that. And I love, you know, that I met you at Stage for Change. That was such an amazing, amazing gathering of some of the most invincible people. And I'm just so grateful that I was able to meet you there and that we're able to have this conversation now. So thank you so much for that and for being there. And I, of course, hope to see you there again next year as well. So tell us what makes you invincible. What makes me invincible? I think just taking on every day makes me invincible. Being, when I went through pharmacy school, I was older. So it was a little more of a, a rough journey for me, if you want to say. Um, so just the fact that I was able to get through that and end up where I am today, I think that's what makes me invincible. I love that. And I want to ask you something else because you mentioned, you know, your original degree from Rowan. So how would you say that that communications degree is assisting you in the work that you're doing today around cancer? Yeah. So me doing my fellowship is the ultimate combination of my communications degree and my PharmD. So Communications is everywhere. It's, it's being able to put together a document um, of educational material or PowerPoint of research, um, plus my PharmD, just knowing overall the oncology landscape. So mechanisms of old chemotherapy treatments, um, learning mechanisms of new chemotherapy treatment, just kind of it puts everything together in a scientific aspect and then plus communications talking to you right now is communication. So it's, it's everywhere. Um, so I think it's really, now I have them married into one career path. So I'm just very excited to kind of where I can take that going forward. Amazing. Well, today I'm so excited to talk to you about the work that you have been doing with targeted therapies. Um, just all of the things, genetic mutations, everything that you're working on right now to bring just uh, more effective treatments to cancer, right? 
So I would love for you to share with us what you're doing with that now. What, and what we can look forward to in the future uh, as that shifts, right? As the treatments for cancer patients shift. Yeah, so just, I'm going to look at it as a, a broad topic, not specifically what I'm working on. Um, sure. I think it, it's covered across all research in pharmacy injury across the board and, and all types of cancer. Um, so what targeted therapy is, it's basically treatments that are specifically targeting certain mutations in cancer cells. So it's more of a precise way to kind of, for the therapy to attack cancer cells. Um, the key to this, though, is to identify what mutational changes there are for each individual patient. Um, so, for example, in breast cancer, we look at hormonal mutations. So they're treated with hormone therapy if they have um, those mutations. Or you can look at genetic mutations. Um, so the key in research across the board going forward is going to be identifying what mutations they are, so whether it's in genetic paneling um, or just kind of other key factors along the way. So right now, most chemotherapy drugs can't tell the difference between healthy and cancer cells, so they kind of attack and kill everything, which is why it's so rough on patients. Um, so targeted therapies really are going to just look for those specific components inside your cell um, that are helping the cancer grow and spread and it's ultimately going to hopefully leave your, your healthy cells alone. Um, so I think this is just very exciting across the board in oncology in general, that I think maybe over the next decade, the treatment landscape for every type of cancer is going to look a lot differently. If we can figure out what targeted therapies can treat what and look at it as personalized medicine. So what regimen is going to be best for you compared to what would be best for me as a patient. Um, so, but like everything, it takes time. So with research, running the studies to look at this data, collecting the data and kind of how can you present this as being better than what we currently have treatment protocol wise. So there's, there's a lot of things coming from a lot of companies um, and researchers across the board. So hopefully it'll be different. Hopefully patients will be able to live longer, have a better quality of life, um, get more positives out of treatment than just the negative side effects and everything be terminal. So. Yeah. And I love that because I've often heard from patients that it's the treatment that usually will take their life, not the actual cancer itself. Right. So a lot of times, as you mentioned, that the treatment will hurt, you know, damage the good cells. And so this is a po definitely a positive turn uh, for hope. D would you say this would get us closer to a cure or is it just gonna buy more time and give better quality of life? Like what is your professional opinion on that? So it really depends um, in that sense. It's gonna be unique to each person, I feel like, because a treatment might keep you in remission for 20 years, but for someone else, it might just extend your life by a couple months. So it's, it's all different for everyone. Um, but I'm hoping for a cure for more cancers going forward. It's just a matter of figuring everything out. So sure. 
Sure. And it's a big, long research, right? It's not something you can do in a year or two years. It's, it's generational. So, but I appreciate so much the work that you're doing right now in this generation to, you know, be able to pass on for someone else to grab that torch and run into the next one. And that's what's the most important thing is that we never give up on the fight for the cure, right? That there's going to be generations to come but each generation that's here now is going to make a huge impact and further advance that. And I just think that's amazing. And I can't even imagine how it feels to you being a part of this every day. Like, and I know we talked about this, but when you came to visit us at Sage for Change, like what an eye opener to people in this research world um, that you're able to hear the stories from the patients that actually are going through that walk of life right now. So maybe could you share, like, what did you get from stage for change that gave you a different spin or opened your eyes bigger? I mean, maybe you were already there, but was there anything that sticks out to you that you felt was really beneficial for attending that conference? I think just hearing their stories, so their journeys, um, and just their positivity. You never think that someone that has a terminal illness um, would be so positive. It kind of makes you step back and be like, oh, well, I guess that wasn't so bad in my life. When you look at these patients that are now advocating for the future of other patients that have, for example, metastatic breast cancer. So I think that was like the main takeaway for me is that if you're positive, um, it definitely gets you further in life. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And you know, it, I think that it is, um, a great way to pivot from the attention of, Oh, I have this disease to how can I use this disease or the story or the journey to raise awareness with other people, help make their journey easier for them, right? Give them more perspective. And I think it is very comforting um, in that way too. So I, but I love that you were there, that you took the time to come and that you got to meet the people and learn more about it so that you could see the other side, what's on the other side of the door of what you're actually working on right now. And I love that. I think that's amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, listen, let's tell our listeners where they can find you. Okay, so my email is Samantha, and it's dot Egan, E-A-G-E-N, at yahoo.com. Awesome. And now a word from our sponsor, Christine Trumbull, founder of Coaching the Climb, understands the challenges of building a successful business. She's faced many of those challenges herself and helped hundreds of clients build successful businesses. With the launch of her new podcast, The Climb with Christine, you will hear the same advice she gives her clients, as well as conversations with experts in a variety of topics, including business, health, relaxation, mindset, kids, and fashion. Check it out on iTunes, The Climb with Christine, and be sure to subscribe, download, and give her a rating and review. Okay, so, you know, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners we're going to bring them fierce female entrepreneurs. Oh, my gosh. Look at you, what you're doing in the world. Amazing. 
but we also promise them that we're going to pull the curtain back and we're going to let them in behind the scenes. You see, when people see you, they think, oh, she's so lucky. She's so smart. She was born on the right side of the tracks, right? Like she's beautiful. She's got a warm smile. They think all these things and they're always comparing themselves. They have no idea what you had to endure to get where you are today. So this is where we're going to show them, like, you want that success? Are you willing to do what she had to do to get it? So are you ready to tell some fun stories or not so fun? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, awesome. Okay. So Samantha, we're going to start with the good. So could you share a story with us about the good part of your journey? I just think in general, the good part of my journey was I was I've been able to figure out where I want to end up career-wise. So I went through almost 10 years of schooling between undergrad and then prereqs for pharmacy school and then four years of, of pharmacy. Um, so you would hope that coming out of that, I would know <laughs> what I want to do, um, which has brought me to where I am today working in oncology. Um, but I've just had so many great experiences over the past couple of years. Um, for example, Over last winter, I was able to be a part of the COVID vaccine initiative. So I worked with CVS going into long-term care facilities and vaccinating the patients there. I think that was just kind of eye-opening of just how like so many people can work together and how quickly you can get something done if you need to. Um, So the, the pandemic ravaged through there in the beginning. A lot of patients didn't make it after getting sick. So it was kind of nice to just be a part of hopefully stopping that. Um, So I worked long weeks and long hours. We did hundreds of vaccines a day um, just to cover as many long-term care facilities as we could. Um, And then from there, I moved into just a physical pharmacy. So going forward, I still do work for CVS. So I'll be just a part of that um, vaccinating patients, whether it's for flu or like preventative vaccines going forward and COVID. So it was just nice to be able to work on a team um, and make an impact in that sense. And let me ask you this, because this is a big thing. It's for the patients that are listening today. What is it that motivates you every day? Like your work is not easy. Um, you know, it's a lot of hours, a lot of research, a lot of education. What is it that that inspires you or motivates you every day to just get up and keep on going and keep at it? I just think it's the, the waking up knowing that I'm going to be making an impact, whether it's minimal or, or big, um, and that I'm doing work that's going to be beneficial for someone in the in the long run. Um, just seeing patients and knowing that whether I'm just providing educational material or where to get resources or prevention. So how can you screen yourself for breast cancer? Just, just making people aware, I think, is all a part of the job. Um, but I think the big picture is I'm making an impact, whether it's to one person or many over this journey. That's amazing. And you just brought up a really important point. Let's talk real quick before we move on to the bad, why we're here in the good. Um, What would you recommend to women uh, as getting the best um, breast cancer screening? Like what, what is the most effective way right now to find breast cancer? So I think there's a, there's a couple ways you can approach it. So there, you can do genetic profiling 
for every type of cancer initially. So that will just kind of tell you what your risk is for developing certain types of cancer in the future. Um, but specifically for breast cancer, just be aware of your body. Um, anything that's abnormal to you, get it checked out, even if you're younger. So the thing with, with breast cancer now is that they don't recommend getting a mammogram until you're over 40. Um, but there's so many patients that are younger that aren't catching it in time, which is how it, it kind of progresses to metastatic or to later stages. Um, so just make sure you're going to your OBGYN yearly, getting your exams, checking yourself. Um, they recommend, I believe, monthly to at least check everything out. And just be aware. I mean, there's so many resources out there and advocacy groups that provide you with resources. So I think just taking that initiative in your health for any type of cancer that they have preventative screening for um, is good. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. We're moving on to the bed. <laughs> Tell us a story about the bed. So I think the, the bed, um, so I'm, I'm a couple years older than a lot of people in my, in my class that I went to school with. So I think just kind of balancing adult life with being in college I, I was used to working throughout undergrad, but being in a doctoral program was a rude awakening. <laughs> I couldn't work as much as I wanted to. Um, I had just moved out on, on my own with my, at the time, fiance. So it was kind of balancing, how do I keep the house clean and do my normal day-to-day, -day, plus go to school, plus study, plus work. It was, it was a lot. There were a lot of days that I... I cried <laughs> just, <laughs> just with everything being overwhelming. Um, or if I took an exam, I didn't, and I didn't do as well as I wanted to. I kind of looked at it like, should I have studied more? Should I have not went out to dinner the one night? You kind of like evaluate too much. Um, but even though it was really rough the past couple of years, just being at the now done with it, looking back, I'm like, it was fine. <laughs> you made it through. <laughs> yes. And it was worth it, right? Look at the work that you're doing today, the sacrifice that you made for those years. So we're so, the world is appreciative, even though they don't all know you yet, they are so appreciative of the work that you're doing and all of the hard decisions that you had to make during that journey. So is there anything you would have done different if you had to do it all over again? I don't think so. I mean, there's really no good way to approach it. You kind of have to take it day by day. Um, maybe I would have enjoyed more of my personal life. Um, it was hard to kind of balance work and school plus having like a social life or going to see family more often. I probably would have prioritized that because at the end of the day, whether you pass an exam barely passing or if you pass with a hundred, you still pass. That is so I enlightening. I love that. Oh, God. I know in, in undergrad, I was like, oh, I need, I need good grades. I need a good GPA. But kind of as you go forward, you're, you come out of it a doctor, whether you were the lowest in the class or the highest in the class, and you have to just take the most out of it. I, I still know all the information. If Even if I did poorly on that one exam, it's not really indicative of kind of what you went through. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because that is so true. Like some people just aren't good at taking tests, right? Like they get, they, I forget there's a name for it, right? But they freeze and like they yeah. have this, 
loss of memory and they don't test well. And so that you're right. That doesn't mean they don't know the information or they're not as well educated as the next guy, but they're just, you know, we have to work with whatever our strengths and weaknesses are and make the best of it. So I'm so glad you pointed that out because I think a lot of college students today will put themselves on anxiety medicine because they're like freaking themselves out about that perfectionism in them. And I just love what you said. You still have all the information, even if you didn't test well. Okay, let's move on to the ugly, which is, oh, we hate to talk about the ugly, but you know, when it's over, (laughs) we smile through it, don't we? So I think the ugly was I got engaged before pharmacy school and then we got married while, while I was in school. So just kind of planning a wedding while going through everything else was... I don't know if it was the best decision, the worst decision, (laughs) if it didn't matter. Um, So we got married in October three years ago, and then I took an infectious disease exam two days later. So I didn't even have time to enjoy that I got married. (laughs) And my husband always jokes now that now that I'm done, it's kind of like this is our period of actually being married. There's no school. There's no test. There's no studying on weekends or missing anything, it's kind of, we can now enjoy it. (laughs) That's amazing. And I'm sure he's very supportive, right? He would have never married you in the middle of all that if he wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) So that's amazing. Well, listen, do you have any um, tips? And I'm just putting you on the spot here, but I just feel like we maybe want to give some some tips here. Uh, Through all of your research, have you found that there are things that people can do to prevent getting cancer. Now I know obviously there's the genetic type, which, you know, I don't know if you can prevent that or not, but what, what is your take on that? So I don't know. There's, there's really no prevention. I mean, it, obviously if you smoke, you might get lung cancer. So like you shouldn't smoke. So there's, there's the sense of just living a healthier lifestyle um, would be like the main focus of what you can do for yourself. So just eat healthy, um, do your, your yearly appointments and checkups. Cause if you don't catch something now, cause you're not going to the doctor by the time you catch it, it might be too late. Um, just exercise, whether it's just walking something a couple minutes a day, um, is better than nothing. Um, but that's, that's really it. So one of the biggest risk factors for a lot of cancers is obesity. So just being a healthier weight taking care of your sense and yourself in that sense um, and using resources that are available to you. So what cancers have screening? So your mammograms, um, prostate cancer, they have screening, uh, things like that. So what can you do to just, when you're at that age, just make sure you're keeping up on all of that. Awesome. Great, great, great tips. Okay. Well, Samantha, this has been great. Thank you so much for being with us today. And before we say goodbye, I would love to just ask you, what is the impact that you're most looking to make in this world, in the work that you're doing right now? I think just really at this, at this point in my life, just, just education. Um, There's so many resources available that people don't know because you don't think you're going to get cancer. So you don't really look into it. I think just being aware. So Sage for Change event, for example, maybe more people just coming to hear the stories. They don't have to have cancer. They don't have to be a medical professional. I think events like that are good for everyone. 
Um, so maybe for me, just spreading awareness of things like that, um, providing education resources would be what I want to accomplish. I love it. Well, you're getting two today. So one more, and that is, would you please finish this sentence? The world would be a better place if more people knew blank. If more people knew, I think just what each individual is going through. I think if you were more aware of someone you pass on the street, that they're going through breast cancer or something of that sort that you, people would be kinder. They would be more willing to help maybe. Maybe you'd have more people that are advocating for these patients or providing resources or just overall support. Um, But because we don't know what everyone's going through, you don't really, you're not willing to do that. Amazing. I love that. I love it. Love it. Thank you so much for being with us today. And to our listeners, I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you're face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl. Get back up. Tell them, Samantha. (laughs) Yeah, take yourself up. (laughs) Get up. You can do it. You can really do it. It starts with you. Get back up. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.